HVAC 360 is brought to you today by Watermelons. Sliced, diced, or in a ball, watermelons are a great summer treat to liven up any cookout. Put down those cookies. Get away from that creepy ice cream truck. We're all natural and grown by friendly farm folk. Cool down today with watermelons. Please spit responsibly. Hey, what's up? Welcome back. This is episode number 90. Matt Nelson here, your host for HVAC 360, helping you go further and faster in the field of HVAC. Uh, Listen up, and you're going to hear stories, industry experts, and we're going to fill up your HVAC knowledge tank to full every week. So those of you who are new here, go definitely go and subscribe. There's going to be some extra stuff this week uh, as far as where to catch some additional learning, where to get some new information. So go sign up on my list at HVAC360.com to get that, and you'll get access to that bonus material that I send out on a weekly basis. So what's up for this week? This week, I wanted to share a couple of takeaways that I got from a uh, train chiller workshop uh, that was uh, the manufacturer train, uh, not the choo-choo. Uh, but they, they do this great job of coming out to the local areas, and there might be something around where you live. Uh, but they do put on these events, um, and train really has it, has it going on. They have a lot of information. They give you a workbook. And they covered a lot of material uh, at a pretty fast pace uh, during this workshop. And, you know, some of them was good. Some of it was brand new to me. And some of it was just uh, stuff that, you know, didn't quite interest me. But that's, you know, it's not their fault. It's always, you know, knowledge is something that it could be new to you, but it's not new to me. But I just want to be able to share uh, a couple of takeaways that I got from that session And we'll hear that after a brief word from our sponsor. All right, so what did I learn? Uh, A couple of these things that I'll point out, uh, I'm going to cover in a little bit of detail. Others, I'm just going to leave at a high level. Uh, that's just that's just where it's at, and it's just kind of making you aware of some things that I was made aware of, and I'm just going to share those things. So here's my six things to share from the chiller workshop. All right, the bypass line sizing. Um, this was interesting. It was it was to size a bypass, and this again is for a chiller plant. Uh, size the bypass according to the largest chiller, and not the manifold size. A lot of times, uh, people get into the you know the the habit of sizing a pipe just because either you know like a I'm gonna I'm gonna make this pipe the same size as a discharge on a pump. Or, you know, it's just because, and they don't really think about it. But the bypass, uh, making the bypass smaller, in essence, uh, so instead of having the large manifold type uh, size, reduce it down to the, the largest chiller. So that's, that's as big as it needs to be, uh, because you're not going to bypass any more, uh, any more uh, water than you would uh, through the largest chiller. That's the point there. Number two increasing the delta t across the chilled water system now uh, this is one thing that is kind of 
a little bit newer to me. I mean, I'm not in the design day in, day out, but I do start to see this uh, more and more. And a, a couple of these points are hitting right on this. So what you do is you increase, you have your chiller, actually, uh, when you increase the delta T, uh, your chiller is part of that. So you're going to end up increasing the chiller energy usage, but what it does is it reduces the pump energy. So in essence, when you combine those two, there's a net energy savings through the system. Um, obviously, you can, you can, your, your, your chiller output is going to be at that, you know, at the max of like 57 degrees, um, just because you want, you want to have that, you know, condensing coil temperature. And, you know, that's, that's where it's, it's, it's maxed, maxed out at, or it's going to come back at 57 degrees rather. And you're going to shove it out there at say a 42 degrees, you know, then you're playing with that fine, um, distance between you know where, where water freezes and where your discharge of your chiller is going to be at um, and kind of in concert with that ASHRAE 90.1 2016 is now stating that your coils out in the system uh, shall be and that's pretty you know obviously it's a it's written code language so it's it shall be at a minimum of 15 degree uh, 15 degrees Fahrenheit or higher so they want these larger delta T's. Um, so that's, that's, that's uh, saving, uh, saving energy. All right. Uh, chilled water flows. I, I got reintroduced. You know, I mean, I've, anybody who's gone through school knows about the Reynolds number. Um, I'm probably going to do a little bit more about that, uh, maybe in a video form or a little bit later. But I'm, I'm doing a little bit of research now on the Reynolds number and where that comes from and where those uh, ideas are. But the, the Reynolds number basically tells you in a pipe if you have laminar flow, which is kind of like just think of smooth flow, or you have turbulent flow. So there's a lot of, a lot of churn. And obviously when you want... Uh, heat transfer, you want more churn. So that's the number that you kind of tells you exactly if you're getting, if you're in the right area for good heat transfer. Uh, and uh, they pointed out that uh, chillers really need to be uh, selected, obviously, in a turbulent flow. So they're looking at the higher Reynolds number, and they're going to be looking at uh, five to seven feet per second looking in that range that's going to be the sweet spot so if you get a little if you get much higher uh if you get to like 11 or 12 uh, feet per second not only is that someplace where you wouldn't select a normal pipe but you don't want to select a chiller there uh because you're going to get some erosion in the pipe and you want to be able to i mean obviously a super expensive piece of equipment you want to make that last as, as long as possible um even even though they've they've in the same session they talked about over pumping the chiller. So obviously the chillers really don't like, you know, uh, low flow conditions. You, you can't really play with the minimum, you know, the minimum flow of a chiller too much. It's going to knock off and shut down. And I see that, you know, all the time. Um, so there's a minimum flow and there's also a maximum flow. And obviously you want to, you want to play with that, um, selected in the middle. So you have a little bit more room to play with and over pumping, uh, possibly over plumping a chiller. They went in to talk about buffer tanks, and I, I guess you know buffer tanks. I've seen them on a number of a uh, number of applications. I haven't really designed buffer tanks, but I was always curious about you know. I know you need a buffer tank when you're 
overall length of your system isn't that great when when it's really short when you have a chiller and a and a uh, air handler uh, right next to each other you need a typically need a buffer tank um, so the buffer tank just adds volume to the system but there's this thing that uh, they refer to as minimum loop time so you take the minimum loop time times the GPM of the system and that gives you kind of a required volume so once you can once you know your required volume then you can kind of back out the the volume of your system and you know if you have to add a buffer tank uh, based on that other things you can do to kind of reduce or eliminate the buffer tank size, um, you could have larger larger pipes. So instead of having a buffer tank sitting there, you could actually increase the pipe size and have your buffer tank essentially be the system. So you can increase the pipe size and also, uh, I guess in a theme, um, you can have the higher delta T's. So when you have the higher delta T's, your flow goes down, your flow rate goes down because you don't need as much flow because you have the higher delta T, and that shrinks everything. All right, and the last thing that I wanted to talk about, and this was kind of new, I've never, and I, and personally, I've, I've never seen it in application before, or I've never actually seen it being installed before, is serial chillers. Uh, serial chillers, uh, both kind of in in a piping form where you have two chillers and you know they're just kind of you know back to back um they make those or you could you could you could design it like that or they actually make a kind of like a closed coupled uh you know uh chiller and i guess train makes those units so that was something that i've, I've never heard about before but it's the serial chiller so in that way you kind of you know enter at one uh one water temperature, and then you can dra- drop it da- drop it back in two stages across those chill chillers. So that was a interesting way to kind of depending on what your flow rate is through the system. That way you could get a a higher delta T through the system. So that might be something that uh, you know take a look at. It might fit your applications. Um, it might be something that you need to take a look at. If you didn't know about serial chillers, that's kind of why I'm mentioning it rather than kind of, you know, going to, into a lot of detail on, on where, when they're used. So, all right. Those are my six takeaways. Uh, thanks for Train for schooling me up uh, this past week. Um, the best part for you, uh, obviously, you couldn't be there, but they do have available on-demand uh uh, these training sessions so you can watch some videos you know sign up for them watch the videos and learn and they have I don't know probably like six to eight of these things online so uh, and they also have these engineering newsletters if you didn't know about the engineering newsletters those are some the uh, also some more information that you can access all right, for that and more information, you can go to my show notes at hvac360.com slash 90 for the 90th episode. And that's a wrap for this week. Thank you for your time. I appreciate you listening each and every week. You're the top 3%, as I make mention to a bunch of times. You're the active learners in this industry, and you're, you're just the best. So thank you for listening. If you know somebody who's looking at doing chiller design, because it's not one of those things that you do every day. It's it's on a project-by-project basis. But you you may want to share this episode with them uh, just to kind of rattle their cage a little bit, let them learn, and maybe it kind of stimulates them to ask questions that they need to make a really great design. So share that with them. You become their hero. You become my hero. 
Uh, and as I mentioned at the top of the show, if you're not on my list already, go to HVAC360.com, get on that list. And if you want to do more, I definitely appreciate and be deeply honored if you'd leave me a rating on iTunes. That would help out immensely and get more people to know about HVAC360. So that's a wrap for this week. I'm Matt Nelson, helping you go further, faster in the field of HVAC. And as always, know what you build and share what you know. <laughs>